Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Uh, Lord, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for, uh, we thank you for the rain. We thank you for um, the, the nourishment and the replenishment of our earth and around us to keep everything that, that you have made uh, going. Uh, so Lord, we just, we thank you for that. And often we look at a rainy day as a, a dreary day, but Lord, we just need to remind ourselves of the nourishment and the refreshing uh, that the rain brings. Um, the clean air after it, the, the, the wonderful coziness feeling of it. And Lord, we just know that uh, your grace and mercy rain fresh on us every morning. And so we thank you. Uh, Lord, I just pray over everyone here uh, and everyone that's going to be listening to this later. Um, may your word speak to us today. May your word guide us. Uh, and may your word replenish us uh, today, Lord. Uh, and I thank you. And uh, I surrender myself to you and that this word be yours and not my own. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Come on. Get a good stretch in there. Get a good little uh, sip of your coffee and let's dive in. To Genesis 8. I'm reading out of the New King James as I typically do. Verse 1, then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the water subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were also stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters receded continually from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water decreased. Then the ark rested in the seventh month, the 17th day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. In the 10th, in the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. So it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had made. Then he sent out a raven, which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. And she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. And he waited yet another seven days. And again, he sent the dove out from the ark. Then the dove came to him in the evening and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth and Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. So he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, which did not return again to him anymore. 
And it came to pass in the 600th day and first year in the first month and the first day of the month that the waters were dried up from the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the 20th, 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him, every animal, every creeping thing, every bird and whatever creeps on the earth according to the families went out of the ark. <clears throat> Verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of, of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. The word of the Lord. Wow, a lot to get into. Um, Jason talked about it. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence for the flood. There's a lot of evidence for what the biblical story is telling us here. The problem is, is we don't get to hear a lot about it because unfortunately, modern day science wants to have a different narrative. One of the issues is, is that they take the same evidence, we all have the same evidence. We all have the same rocks. We all have the same uh, geography of the world. We all have the same fossils. Um, it's the problem is perspective. The perspective is wrong when we are not looking at things from the lens of the Lord first, and then we draw different conclusions with the same evidence that is there. We have the same Grand Canyon. But when you don't look at it from the lens of the Lord, you're easily able to go, oh, each of those lines equals like some tens of millions of years and all this other kind of stuff. But in reality, when you look at it from the lens of the Lord, you look at the Grand Canyon and other geological formations and go, wow, that must have been carved out by massive amounts of water in a very quick amount of time. Two different perspectives with the same evidence because of how and where you base your conclusions from. We have different, uh, and so you'll see when, if you really get into the, um, 
uh, apologetics of these things when you're looking at evidences. And when we look at right now, all of us are paying astronomical prices for fossil fuels. We're paying astronomical prices for all of these fossil fuels. We're trying to dig out of the ground right now and get us to our work, get us to uh, our family reunions, get us to the movies or driving us around right now as we buy gas. Those fossil fuels are created and most likely most of them created from the flood actually. If you look at it from God's point of view instead of our own desire. Part of this we also see as Noah chose to listen to the Lord and remain faithful in what the Lord wanted and not leaning on his own understanding. As just in this own chapter, we see even this point of view that we can, we can either go leaning on our own understanding, try to make a sense of it our own way uh, with what we have in front of us versus leaning on God's perspective and leaning on God's direction and his guidance. Same situation, but two different perspectives. So Noah is in this ark and he's made and him and his family are maintaining all of these animals and birds. They're taking care of all of this and they're starting to see the waters subside, starting to see the tops of the mountains emerge from here, starting to see that, wow, God's faithfulness is starting to come true. It starts out with this first sentence that kind of throws us off at face value. And it says, then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. This first sentence right there sounds misleading as if God forgot about him for a time being. But really, this is just a way of writing it so that we can kind of understand a perspective or the action in which God is doing. There was a time period where God had to sit back and let things happen. What he started in motion, he had to let happen. And then now, the saying God remembered Noah is God actually stepping back in and being more actionable and saying, wow, God is at work right now because I, as a human, can perceive God at work. And it's just this idea that he's back in action. And so the author writes it as if God remembered Noah. We often, often do this when we haven't talked to a friend in a long time, and then we talk to them again, and it's as if my friend remembered me. In reality, my friend never forgot me. I just haven't gotten to see them in a long time. I just, they are just now starting to have a, another presence in my life again and being more actionable in a relationship. So there was a time being that God had to just let it happen. Just letting what he put in motion happen with the flood. And now he's like, now is the time to start lowering the waters. Now is the time to get prepared for what God is going to do with the rest of Noah and that ark. And so I want you to understand that though we read this at face value as if God forgot Noah for a moment, that is not the case 
that this is just an illustration of understanding that when sometimes God has to sit back and let things happen before, because his timing is perfect, not our own. You, how much do you want to bet that Noah's probably on that boat going, man, God, you could show up any day and get rid of these waters, man. This is a long boat ride. This is taking forever. I'm tired of scooping poop out of this boat. I'm tired of scooping poop, man. But he was faithful with it. He was faithful with it. He scooped that poop for a year and plus time, probably sitting on that boat, just making sure God, I'm, I'm, I don't like it, but I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to have trust in you over the trust in what I want to do and what I want to think. He was maintaining his faithfulness all the way through. We see that he sent out first a raven and then he sent out a dove. The dove is the important part because that's where we really see the dove sending the signal of letting him know that things are getting prepared. Things are in the work. God is on the move. And the dove represents the Holy Spirit. As if we look at even when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit rested on him like a dove. And so the dove is a form of representation of being guided by the Spirit. Noah didn't worry about what he could see because he could, it already said it to be before that, that they could see the tops of the mountains already. But of course, if we all know the tops of the mountains are not necessarily the most habitable place for anybody to be at, the elevation's too high for longevity of life, and it's not the time yet. Noah was being guided by the Spirit of God instead of his own understanding. He was allowing the Holy Spirit to guide him through this dove. He sent out the dove, and the dove was like, nope, there's not a good enough place to rest my pretty little feet. So I'm going to come back to you, and we're going to hold off. And then he waited another seven days. Many of us want to wait only 24 hours. Many of us only want to wait maybe even one hour. 24 hours is even too much for us in our instant society. He waited a good week. He made sure that, hey, guess what? Water doesn't evaporate that quick. There's a shifting going on as well in what is going on in the world with this flood subsiding. The geography of the world is changing dramatically right now with the amount of water that is rushing back in to uh, the, the canyons and the caves in which that, remember, it's not just rainwater that flooded the earth, but water from underneath the earth bursted through to cover the planet. And a lot of that water subsided back underneath as well with the rain stopping. So there was both evaporation happening and on top of it, water going back into the earth at the same time. With this water rushing back in in such a, the amount of it all covering the face of the earth to rush back in was changing the face of the earth forever. Many of the mountains we see today were not mountains before. Many of the plains that we have today were 
probably flattened out from the rushing of the water. We see that the dramatic change of the geography of the land had changed so much as God was at work preparing for this new renewal of the world and re renewing of the replenishment of the world. Lean not on our own understanding. Understand that God is working not only directly in your life, but also around in all the circumstances to prepare the way for which he has for you. He has a plan for all of us, and he is working to let you know and guide you through that plan if we would stay focused on him. If we stay focused on him, we won't make our own path. We'll just easily be guided on that walk with our Savior, with our Lord. Or we can make our own way. Noah here stayed faithful to God. Noah here stayed faithful to listening to him. Even when the dove came back. Now, here's the, cra here's the craziness. This lets you know God is at work around you. When only seven days later in a full olive tree that a branch could be plucked off of it is in the dove's mouth to come back to Noah. I don't know if y'all, I'm not a gardener or anything, but nothing grows that quick in seven days except for some ugly weeds, right? Nothing grows in a, in a natural sense that quick. That's letting me know God is at work. God is ready to get back to business in replenishing the earth. He is preparing the earth to be ready with vegetation, with food. He is ready to provide for the promise in which he's given to Noah and his family and the rest of all the animals in his creation that are on that ark. He is preparing the way for them to be fully provided with all that they need. So today, may we just press into the Lord. May we maintain our vigilance. May we maintain our focus. May we maintain our faithfulness to God because he is working to make all of the provisions you need available. Understand, I said need, not want. Many of us want a lot, but he's going to provide what we need. Because a lot of times what we want are actually distractions from him. We don't understand it as that at, at face value, but sometimes we want this and we want that and we want all these other things, but they're things that we don't need all the time. God knows what we need. God knows what provision we actually need at the time. And he's preparing a way for you to have it. But that's if you're going to stay faithful. That's if you're going to stay focused. That's if you're going to stay vigilant for what he is doing and not focus on other things going on around us. Let's stay focused on the Lord. Let's stay focused on his 
way of guiding us. Let's stay focused on what the Holy Spirit is doing in our hearts and in our minds. This is why having and maintaining a, a thriving relationship with the Lord is so important. You won't be able to know what God is doing if you are not spending time and having a relationship with the Lord. You cannot stay faithful to somebody you don't know. Let me say it again. You cannot be faithful and stay faithful to somebody you don't know. You have to have a relationship with them. You have to have a relationship with them. Then you will understand what they're doing. That's how we understand our God. That's how we understand our relationship with him. That's how we understand the guiding that he has for us on our lives. Is that we have a relationship with the Lord. That means we are spending time in his word. That means we are spending time at the feet of Jesus. That means we are letting our father be our father. We are letting the Holy Spirit that rests inside of each of us as believers speak to us and guide us instead of our own flesh. Here's the amazing part is as Noah gets so many great signs that the waters are subsiding, plants are coming back, God is on the move, and he sees the waters drying up. He sees even more time. Like he didn't get off the boat the moment the dove came, dove came back with an olive branch. Time to go. He still maintained on that boat. God didn't say go yet, but he gave him a clue that I'm in the work. He gave him a clue to let him know I'm still faithful to you because you are faithful to me. We are in it together. He gave him this clue to let him know time is coming but not yet. And then he took more time and more time. And he watches the surface of the earth dry as it is in uh, the end of verse 13. And in the second month on the 20th day, the earth was dried. He still didn't go. Verse 14, he still didn't go. It didn't say he went. Then verse 15, then God spoke. Are we going on our own intuition or are we letting God guide us? Is God speaking to you? If we don't have a relationship with him, you won't know his voice. You won't know the voice of those you don't know. I'm able to pick up the phone and talk to Papa on the phone, and I don't even, he doesn't even have to say who he is because I know his voice. I have a relationship with him. I know who he is. I know who Doug's voice is. I have a relationship with Doug. I know Christy's voice on the phone when we're talking about stuff. I, she doesn't have to say it's Christy. Now, yes, we have caller ID on our phones and all that great stuff, right? But I know their voice. And those of us that are old enough to remember a corded phone that has zero screen on it, that you didn't, when the phone rang and you picked it up and they said, hi, you instantly knew who they were because of the voice that you have a relationship with. You know their voice. 
you know God's voice if you have a relationship with him. Here, Noah, even with his own eyes, can see that the earth is dried up and ready to move, ready to get off this boat. He didn't go until then God spoke, saying, go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your son's wives. And he did all of this. He got off the boat. He did exactly what God said. And then the moment he finished doing exactly the command of the Lord, getting off the boat and letting the animals go, the first thing he did, he didn't build a house. He didn't build or find a cave. He didn't seek shelter. He didn't seek food. He didn't seek anything but to worship the Lord was the first thing he did. Then Noah built an altar, not a house. He built an altar to the Lord. When God blesses you is the first thing in your mind, is in your actions, is in your thought. Praise God for this. I look back on parts of my life where I believed in Jesus, but I wasn't following him. And I, and just so selfishly and so arrogantly and ridiculously, when something went well, it was either I made it happen or I deserved it. It was about me. And I look back and I see how foolish that was that I couldn't see God's hand on my life and that I couldn't see God's favor at that time. And so I repent of that. I repent of not acknowledging God's blessing and God's faithfulness and favor on my life when I should have recognized that first and foremost in all that he's done through me, even when I was not faithful, even when I wasn't following him, even when I treated him like Advil. May we look at everything that happens, whether it's, yeah, we, we worked hard and something great happened from it. Who gave you that talent to work hard? Who gave you that spirit to understand and know who gave you that ability? When we keep asking why far enough back, everything points to the Lord. May we praise him for all that we do and all of his blessings and all that he's doing in our lives. The first thing he did, the first thing Noah did was to build an altar to the Lord. He worshiped him, and then he took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings to the altar, to the Lord. He sacrificed. Understand first, this was before the law. This is before the law 
this is before even Moses was born. This is before any of that. There was still an understanding of clean and unclean. There was still an understanding of God's purposes in, in the way God operates. You only know that when you have a relationship with the Lord. You don't actually get to see it until you have a relationship with the Lord. God is forever who he is, and he doesn't change. God is forever who he is, and he doesn't change. We think that there's so much change in how God operates in this, in this book that we called the Bible from cover to cover. He's still the same. His motives are the same. He loved us first from cover to cover in this Bible. It didn't start with Jesus. It started with God created the heavens and the earth. It started from the very beginning. God loved us first. So are we giving the best to him? Are we sacrificing just a little to show him that he is first in our lives? It's not about the physical object. It's about the heart of knowing God is first in our lives. God is first in who we look to for provision, for all of the other things that we need in life, all of the uh, affirmation, all of the um, understanding of how to go, all of the uh, what is the path for me, for uh, what is my purpose in life. Are we looking to God for everything first? So just like the evidences that we have for the flood, are we looking at the same things that everybody else has with the lens of God first, or are we looking at it for me first? That's where science is going wrong. That's where society is going wrong, is that it's all about me. There is no God, or God is separate from me, doesn't care, or whatever their perspective is. Do you, boo-boo, do me. I'm just going to, you know, have whatever it is that makes me feel good, that makes me feel like my choices are correct, that I'm not wrong. I'm never wrong. I'm always correct. Everybody else is wrong around me. Why can't they understand what I need, what I have to do? All of this, these perspectives, that's why we go wrong in society. That's why we get to these points where we just, as firm believers in seeing God's way first, it just, it, it frustrates us to see, wow, this all comes from a prideful, selfish point of view, that these ideologies and these uh, ways of interpreting evidences and all of this comes from a prideful, selfish point of view. We can talk about all of the, uh, we can pull out all of the apologetics and we can pull out all of the archaeology and all of these different things. And, 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 and I could smarten you up enough to win a couple thousand dollars on jeopardy at least and you know but the point is that all of these things these facts that we debate on uh between science and and creation science or evolution and all of these other things that we're looking at it's coming from either it's a place that's god-centered or self-centered that's the root of it all 
If I get rid of God, I don't have to feel bad about my sin. If I get rid of God, I don't have to feel bad about my choices. If I get rid of God, I get to be God. And then pride comes before the fall. And so today, may we take this chapter and see how Noah remained faithful to God. Though the waters were subsiding, though the mountaintops were coming out and being able to be seen, though even a dove came back with an olive branch in record time of being able to grow, he still remained faithful and waited on the word of the Lord instead of his own personal vision. Instead of understanding his own way, he did not lean on his own understanding, but he remained faithful and in relationship with the Lord and listened to when he said to go and not our own. He listened to his commandments. And when it was all done, he thanked the Lord first. He worshiped the Lord first. And he gave sacrifice to prove and show that God is number one in his life. He didn't build a home for his family. He didn't do anything else first. He worshiped the Lord. So today, in whatever and everything that we have to have thanks to God, may we worship him and show that he's number one. Because as one of the things um, Dan, Pastor Danielle said is, uh, you know, she's from New York, and she said this during one of the Leadership Academy um, nights. So some of you ladies will remember this. She just goes, well, from New York, we say words are cheap. Words are cheap. I want to see action. And this is what Noah did. He not only had the words to worship the Lord, but he had action. He had his way of showing, God, you are number one. I'm going to give of this 10%. I'm going to give of this amount of provision you've given to me. These clean animals, these animals I can use to eat and feed my family and to set up a home. I'm going to give first to you and show that I provide my loyalty to you first and nothing else. Because you have been faithful to me and you have loved me first. So today, may, we, may our words not be cheap. May they be backed up by action. May we worship the Lord for all that we have. May we thank him for all that we get. Because guess what? We get to do this life together. We get to do church together. We get to come together as a community and hold each other up and continue to worship the Lord for his faithfulness. He is in the work. He is faithful to you. So let us praise him today. Let us thank God for all that he's done in our lives today. And realize he has not forgotten you. He is there for you. Let's pray. Lord, we just, um, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the remembrance of Noah's faithfulness 
on that ark all the way to the bitter end, all the way to the very end in which him and his family are the last people on earth and they remained faithful to you regarding all of the crazy circumstances, regarding the long amount of time he's on that ark having to maintain and curate all of these animals in which he was called to steward because of you, Lord, that he did it to the faithful and bitter end, all the way to the point of not even looking and seeing that the earth was dried up and ready to go, but he waited on your word because he's faithful all the way with you. Lord, may that be a testament to us. May that be uh, a showing to us to remain faithful in our relationship with you that we may always be looking for your approval, your understanding, your guidance, and that your word and your timing is perfect. Lord, may we always have the perspective of you first and all that we think and do. Lord, we just, I pray a blessing over everybody on this call and everybody listening uh, here later on and their families. Lord, I just pray that you be in their hearts and their lives. Continue to guide us all for your will. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen and amen. Y'all have.